Welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. On today's show, we're going to talk to the Minneapolis VA about heart health and learn about the Beyond the Yellow Ribbon reintegration events. But first, it's time for Generally Speaking, a weekly message from the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard, Major General Sean Mankey. Our state's Yellow Ribbon Networks are an incredible resource as we work to military families, employers, and communities. They help ensure the resilience of those who serve. Started right here in Minnesota, our Yellow Ribbon program is now the model for networks across the nation. Since we proclaimed our first Yellow Ribbon Network in 2008, hundreds more have emerged in counties, cities, communities, and at companies statewide. These self-sustaining networks draw together agencies, community leaders, and volunteers. They strive to support the service members, veterans, and military families of any age and from any era that live and work in their area. The continued growth and improvement of this program are vitally important as service members and their families continue to adapt to increasing demands and training requirements as we see across the force. To all of our incredibly generous and dedicated Yellow Ribbon volunteers, thank you. Your help ensures our service members and their families remain resilient and ready to serve. If you are ready to join the Yellow Ribbon Network near you or make your large company or community Yellow Ribbon, please visit mnbtyr.ng.mil. That's mnbtyr.ng. Thank you, General Mackey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. As I said at the opening, uh, we're going to talk heart health with the Minneapolis VA today. And joining me now is Devin Rowan, who is a registered dietitian at the Minneapolis VA. Devin, welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. Thanks. Happy to be here. Devin, uh, I want to establish a few things. Uh, you were, you're a Minnesotan. You were born here? I was. All right. Uh, I was. I have mm-hmm. to ask you that question because <laughs> I see that uh, when it was time to uh, uh, go to college, you went across the river and over to Wisconsin. I know. I traded immediately. I know. I know. <laughs> a Badger fan. A Badger fan. This is bad. <laughs> but Southeast Southeast Minnesota girl, okay. born and raised. And then I understand you worked uh, up north as a service director and a cook up in Ely. What were you doing way up in the woods? Getting lost in the woods. The only thing you can do. So... I went to a YMCA camp since I was born. We went every summer. It was a family camp. And uh, this was Camp De Nord, if anyone's heard of it. But it's a YMCA camp. And um, when we went every summer as as a family growing up, and then once I got to, I think, my sophomore year of college, I decided to go up there and and work as a cook in the kitchen. And that was actually – I was – at the time, I think I was doing – either biochemistry for my my major or biomedical engineering, one of those two. I bounced around a little bit before that and got up, started cooking, fell in love with it, and then came back and, and kind of found a way to integrate biochemistry with food and landed in nutrition. So Makes all, a lot of sense up at the YMCA camp. That's okay. <laughs> and then I understand you got lost. You went and spent five years out in New York. I know. I know. What happened? Graduate school. Oh, no. Graduate school. (laughs) (laughs) So you went to uh, NYU in New York City. Mm -hmm. So you go from, let's see, the the woods up in Ely, really great place to do things, to New York City. Oh, lots of good things to do there, too. Just very different things. Very Very different things. And you spent five years out there. I did. Yep. So you came out of that with a master's degree in clinical nutrition, mm-hmm. and you completed your clinical rotations at the Bronx VA. Yeah, that's how I got my start in the VA. Okay, so you yeah. you had to go somewhere to do that. Did they have a 
partnership, the school, with the with the VA, just like uh, the University of Minnesota does here with the Minneapolis mm-hmm. VA? Yeah, it was a coordinated coordinated program. So for a year, you do your clinical rotations. And during that time, you're working 40 hours a week and then going to school in the evenings for, for the master's credits. And then there's one full semester at the end of it to finish out the degree. And then about that time, you came to your senses and said, <laughs> I want to go home. I'm done with this. Give me trees. <laughs> so back to Minnesota, you came. Yeah. And how long have you been at the Minneapolis VA now? Well, I was, so there was a little bit in between. I stayed in New York um, and worked in the private sector in there. And then I came back this past December. So just recently, moving in the middle of January. And you and you pulled your, your new husband Minnesota. back with you. <laughs> yes. and you. And you got him locked up here in Minnesota for the winter. I do. Very good. He's, he's chained. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> so now you're a registered dietitian. Mm-hmm. at the Minneapolis VA. Can you tell us what, what does that mean? What do you do out there? Yeah. So there's a couple of different roles. Being a registered dietitian means that you can work in the nutrition field in, in really any capacity. But I was coming from an in, inpatient capacity. So working in a hospital, when you're admitted, I go see you. I take a look at your charts, take a look at your labs and see if there's anything that we need to tweak in terms of your diet education, but but primarily working more behind the scenes, but in an outpatient setting. So people that are not admitted to the hospital, now I'm in outpatient, I do counseling. So they're longer sessions, I get more time with the patient, and we talk about ins and outs of what types of foods are you eating, what types of things are going to serve you in terms of your health goals, and how do you get there? We're speaking with Devin Rowan, a registered dietitian at the Minneapolis VA on Minnesota Military Radio. Now, Devin, when you were working in New York on your clinical rotations and when you started here in Minneapolis, do you deal with the like veterans or patients that come in and they had some kind of life-changing event and, and they're trying mm-hmm. to follow doctor's orders? And every time I go see my primary care doctor, they're always talking about, got to eat right, got to exercise, got to take your medications, got to listen to me and do the right things. Part of that's your your diet. Tons. Tons so, of that is your diet, yes. Are these veterans mm-hmm. people that had some kind of life-changing event happened and all of a sudden they've got to start paying attention? Usually. Usually that's the impetus for them starting to come to us. We've got a, a ton of people that have been coming to us for long term that it starts that way. Yeah, it starts that way. You get a new diagnosis. You get new, you know, maybe not a diagnosis, but new labs that are just a little bit funky and your doc will, will put in a referral and you'll come see us and then you know, we'll we'll start working together, and and we've got patients that have been seeing us for years. So, do you know how many times you have to tell a veteran the same thing before it starts <laughs> sinking in? All right, now, on your diet, you can only have this much pasta. That depends on the veteran. <laughs> so some are pretty good. Yeah, and and I think most of them try to pay attention and try to do what they're asked to do because they know everyone out at the VA is trying to help them yeah. and help them live a better life. Absolutely. But diet's one of those tough things. Oh, it's so tough. And it's, I mean, my partner says this all the time. It's simple, but it's not easy. And I think that is 100% true. We know most people that come into my office know 90% of what I'm about to tell them. It's a little bit education, and it's a lot of bit of counseling. So they, I'll bet they never ask the question about how many cookies can I have in a day? <laughs> I have heard that question <laughs> more times than I could possibly tell you. <laughs> and your answer is one and make it your treat for the day. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Depends on how many cookies you're starting from. If you're starting from 14, let's go to seven. 
Ooh, Brad, there's, we could go to seven cookies. Not if week. you're starting from <laughs> one. <laughs> All right. Well, this is, these are tough. Clearly, I've been out there and been treated for type 2 diabetes for 20 years, mm-hmm. and, and I've talked to several dietitians, and they, they pretty much tell me the same things. But occasionally, there's something new, Yeah. and, and uh, they're always talking to the primary care doctor and saying, okay, what are we dealing with? And, and today, especially when we come back in the second segment, we're going to talk about heart health. Mm-hmm. How big is your diet? When, when you're trying to maintain a healthy heart? Oh, it's huge. It's huge. There's a, there are a couple of factors that, that lead into heart health. I mean, smoking is one of them. There's a ton that are not modifiable. So genetics, your age, your gender, your race. <laughs> he's he's cocktails, making, making booze, <laughs> booze gestures over here, 100%. There's no veteran out there that drinks, is there? Not a single one. Oh, nope, I I never met one. So. Never, never met one in my one life. A, never had one in a VFW? But, you know, somebody's not telling the truth. Yeah, they're just drinking tea. Yeah, so Never. there's there's a ton that's that's uh, that's not modifiable, but there's a ton that is, and diet is a huge proportion of the stuff that we're is. We're going to talk about that more in a minute. But Devin, we have to take a short break. When we come back. We're going to speak more with Devin Rowan, a registered dietitian at the Minneapolis VA. This is Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. We've been talking to Devin Rowan, who's a registered dietitian at the Minneapolis VA. Uh, she's been there. She's from Minnesota, and, and she left here a couple of times, but came home. Welcome home. Good to have you back. Thanks. And we've been talking about uh, heart health, and uh, I'm, I'm guessing, because I've heard this for 20 years, you got to eat right, uh, you got to exercise, you got to take your medications, you got to follow doctor's <laughs> orders. And then if it looks like you understand that part, then they're going to make an appointment with someone like you, and, and you're going to sit down and say, okay. And if you're talking to me, you're talking to my wife. Right. He right. can't have this and he can't have that, mm-hmm. but, but that doesn't work right. The veteran needs to say, <laughs> I understand. Right. And I agree. We do group appointments. <laughs> Family appointments. I've had those. I've had those. <laughs> but why is it, what's, what's so important about diet and your heart? Yeah. They're they're tied together. They are very tied together. So cardiovascular disease in general is a huge health issue. Just within the US, it's the biggest biggest killer of men, women, cross the spectrum, race, ethnicity. It is the leading cause of death. And it is ubiquitous. There are so many people you you know people in your life that have cardiovascular it disease. It is everywhere. As it's you everywhere. Say. It's, it's a- everywhere. But in terms of diet, the reason that it's so important. So there's two things really contributing to that. So hypertension and cholesterol levels. So high blood pressure, hypertension. If you have a closed system, if you have plumbing and you have pressure on a chronic level, a high level of pressure, higher than what those pipes are designed to handle, you're going to end up with damage to the pipes, right? And you're going to end up with the engine that's, you know, pumping things through those pipes, your heart, a lot of strain on that engine. And over time, that does damage. So you're going to have damage to your heart and you're going to have damage to the blood vessels within the heart. And that can lead to stroke and can lead to heart attack. And both of those things are very bad. And what I've heard is Mm -hmm. if you have high blood pressure, uh, high cholesterol and high blood sugar, Mm -hmm. 
that's not a good combination. No, it's the trifecta, but in the opposite way. <laughs> you, you, you win and you lose. <laughs> yep, yep. So for this one, we are we are shooting for a golf score. The lower, it, the better. Okay. <laughs> and in we... terms of in terms of diet, so for hypertension, the biggest thing is sodium intake, and most of that sodium is not coming from the salt shaker. Most of that sodium is coming from processed foods, canned foods, uh, TV dinners deli meats, that sort of thing. Things so, that are already prepared, frozen, yeah. easy to cook. Yeah. In the can, you can open mm-hmm. up and have a nice can of soup, and it's all full of salt. Exactly. And it doesn't – it tastes a little salty. Some of them taste more salty than others, but but most of it is is in there because it's a preservative. It keeps it shelf-stable. So these convenience foods that we have at the ready are convenient because that salt is keeping them stable. So you're going to fresh fruits, fresh vegetables, yes. fresh protein of some mm-hmm. kind – and, of course, you had that experience up at the YMCA camp in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So you know how to cook it. I do. Any, I do. Any tricks there? Yeah. So fresh fruits and vegetables, exactly like you're saying. Fresh fruits and vegetables, whole grains, um, lean protein, healthy fats. And when you're incorporating these things into your diet, you have to remember that the biggest tip that I have is adding things in first. If you try and whittle down your diet, getting rid of all of the things that you're not supposed to be eating first. There's nothing left to eat. There's nothing left to eat. (laughs) And then you're upset with me. (laughs) So you have to start with adding in fruits and vegetables. Even if you don't change a thing else, add in fruits and vegetables. There are antioxidants in there that can reduce some of the damage, some of the inflammation that those unhealthy fats are doing. So that sounds too healthy for I know. Just... I know. But in terms of cooking tips, in terms of cooking tips, right. roasting is what I recommend for starting off, especially in the winter. There's a ton of good root vegetables, a ton of good um, like squashes that are that can be lower in carbs. So bake instead mm-hmm. of fry. Break bake instead of fry. So air fryers are really helpful, but reduce the amount of oil that you're using in cooking. So when you're roasting, you can use a little bit of oil. And we'll, we can go into the types of oil that are better for you. EVO. EVOO. EVOO. <laughs> and that's actually one thing. So if you're doing sautéing, EVOO is a pretty low burn point oil. So uh, low smoke point, it will start degrading at a lower temperature than some of the other oils. So that's so. extra virgin olive oil, uh-huh. of course. We're speaking with... Uh, Devin Rowan was a dietitian with Minneapolis VA and Minnesota Military Radio. Mm-hmm. Now, Devin, the other thing I've heard over and over again is, uh, and we live by this, uh, it's chicken, turkey, fish, lean pork, and not so much beef. Mm-hmm. It, that's all related to the fat content, right? Yeah, primarily related to the fat content. And in terms of meats, when you're choosing meats, Avoiding processed meats is another big one. Processed meats have uh, a level of carcinogenicity that is uh, concerning coming so from. Are we talking about the, the deli meats and those kind of things? Yep, yep. So deli meats, really anything that has – I know all of the delicious meats mostly. So um, anything that has uh, preservatives, brines, additives – if you read the ingredient label and there are more than just a couple of ingredients, if there's any ingredients that you don't know what it is, it can be a red flag. For... So what if we've got a veteran out there and, and he really likes to have a good steak? Mm-hmm. What what I've heard from my cardiologist yeah. for years is that if six days a week you've, you're really regimented and you follow things, then on Sunday afternoon you might be able to have some a, a pot roast and mashed potatoes and gravy and some carrots. Yes. And you're okay. Oh, Yes. 
Yeah. This is where it's all about taking a bird's eye view. So diet does not exist in a vacuum. There is no food that I will label as a good food or a bad food. It is completely dependent on your patterns of intake, your patterns of lifestyle. So if you are a marathon runner and you are eating salads for two meals a day and you want to have a burger on the weekend. You better carb load if you're going to do that. I know. You better have some spaghetti, dang it. But And a steak on the weekends is is totally fine. The things that you need to remember are within the pattern of your diet. What are we looking at? Do you have fruits? Do you have vegetables? Do you have whole grains, lean proteins, healthy fats? And then you can incorporate some of those other things in moderation. Now, Devin, I've heard a lot of fellow veterans that they were trying to quit smoking and they were trying to cut down on their drinking. And for some reason or other, they had a bad day and they had a couple of cigarettes and they had some cocktails and then they quit. Mm Mm-hmm. Diet is a lot like that in my view. You're having a bad day and you don't think, and oh, I had a cheeseburger and french fries. It's no time to quit, is it? It's time to restart. Right, right. It's the only thing because cigarettes you can stop. Alcohol you can stop completely. You can't stop eating food. You can't stop eating food altogether. You need so carbs you have to, to pick something. Yeah, you need carbs. You need you need everything that you're eating you need. But you need to pick and choose which types of foods you're taking. And with the the oils, just one more one more thing that I wanted to make sure that we got in there. So with when you are doing high heat cooking, using extra virgin olive oil might actually lead to when it starts to degrade, when you're using it for high heat cooking, it can start to break down and you can have cancer causing cancer causing agents in there. So if you're doing high heat cooking, I know. There's too many rules, Devin. Too many <laughs> rules. But if you're doing high heat cooking, one another great source of healthy fats is avocado oil or grapeseed oil are the two that I use for high heat cooking. So sauteing or really high heat roasting. So Devin, we just got about 30 seconds left. If any of our listeners uh, are patients at the Minneapolis VA or the C-Boxes, if they're interested in learning more about diet, can they just call their or get a hold of their primary care doctor and say, could I have an appointment with Devin? Absolutely. You have to have a primary care first. So set up your doctor, get on board with somebody, but then you just ask them to, if you can have a nutrition appointment and they will set you up with us. Yeah. And we'll try to keep the discussion about proper diet fun instead <laughs> of saying, thou shalt not. It is. It's always fun. I promise you. They're good sessions. Yeah. But Devin, has been fun today. I want to thank you for joining us on uh, Minnesota Military Radio. Thank you so much for having me. That was Devin Rowan, a registered dietitian at the Minneapolis VA. Uh, Please stay with us. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Beyond the Yellow Ribbon reintegration events. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. In a moment, we're going to talk about the Beyond the Yellow Ribbon reintegration events. But first, it's time for the Commissioner's Corner, a weekly update from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Now here's Commissioner Larry Herkey. In partnership with the Lutheran Social Services, Minnesota Service Corps is a nation-leading program designed to bring essential community-based services directly to veterans and their families across Minnesota at no cost. Due to its unique structure, this program also provides resources to previously underserved areas in greater Minnesota. Services include individual and family counseling, financial counseling, debt management, addiction counseling, disability service, and in-home counseling. The goal is to help veterans and their families to develop skills and draw on their own strengths to bring about successful and lasting family stability. After serving our country selflessly, veterans and their families can know that we stand behind them and we're ready to serve them. For more information or to request services through CORE, contact your CVSO or County Veteran Service Officer or call 1-888-LINKVET. 
Thank you, Commissioner Herkey. For full more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. As I said, we're going to talk about the uh, Minnesota Beyond the Yellow Ribbon Reintegration Program. And joining us now to do that is Heather Bergeron, who is the Minnesota Family Programs Director, and Captain Ellen Emdy, Lead Soldier and Family Readiness uh, with the Minnesota National Guard. Ladies, welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. Thank you, Tom. Heather, I want to start with you. I understand uh, you served in the Minnesota Army National Guard. Uh, yes, sir. Yep. I was enlisted in 2007, and I started out quartermaster, um, fueler, and then I reclassed in uh, 2015 to paralegal specialist, and I was with the 247th Regional Trial Defense Team, and I have since left the military uh, June 2020, and now I'm I'm full-time as the State Family Programs Director, and, and I love it. It's very rewarding. Glad to still be able to give back. And the State Family Programs Director, what, what does that mean that you do? Um, so we have a lot of programs within us, and all of it is to help soldiers and their families, single soldiers and uh, soldiers with families. So there's um, child and youth services, there's soldier and family readiness specialists, and within that program there's a number of different things that they do to help the soldiers. They're placed at the unit level, um, embedded with the soldiers and, and the families. And then uh, we have the Yellow Ribbon Reintegration Program, and we have um, Beyond, Beyond the Yellow Ribbon Program, and then we have Building Healthy Military Communities, so uh, employer support for the Guard and Reserves. We've got a lot of different programs within us, all, all centered around helping soldiers and their families. That's a lot of stuff, but uh, Captain, I want to come to you. I understand you're still serving in the Minnesota Army National Guard? Correct, yes. I uh, commissioned as an officer in 2014 um, as an AG officer, so I've held various positions from platoon leader to XO, rear deck commander, battalion S1. I'm currently with the Division G1, and then I've also worked full-time on the active duty operational support, holding various roles as administrative assistant, operations, and then I spent um, more directly related to family programs three years as the Yellow Ribbon Reintegration Program OIC and now I'm currently a federal technician um, as the lead soldier and family readiness specialist. So you're a weekend soldier now. Correct. All right. So, But you serve now as the lead soldier and family readiness specialist. Um, can you tell us that there used to be the family assistance centers. Those were independent contractors. That's all been changed now and brought into the Minnesota Department of Military Affairs. So it's um, it used to be a, two different contracts, the Family Assistance Center and then the Family Readiness Support Assistant. Um, about a year and a half ago, it transitioned from contractors to federal technician positions. There's 15 of us throughout the state that are geographically dispersed, and they combine the roles and responsibilities of both those two different contracts. So we do service and support, like case management with, serv- with soldiers, and then we do the Family Readiness, the SFRG um, command uh, program type services as well. So we're an all-encompassing um, resource for the commands and the soldiers. So is a lot of that focused on the families when we have our soldiers deployed overseas? Absolutely. Yep. Or even deployed on state? Uh, state active duty. Yeah, we've been very busy with that, doing outreach and <laughs> making sure the families are taken care of with the short notice and thousands of activated soldiers. We're talking about the Minnesota Yellow Ribbon Reintegration Programs on Minnesota Military Radio. Heather, I want to come to you. I know that uh, we've had a lot of call-ups for state active duty, and uh, for the dozen years or so we've been on the radio, we've had all kinds of deployments, uh, both uh, Army and Air National Guard. But for the Army, it's my understanding that 
when they're getting ready to deploy, uh, the service members come in, their families come in, you try to make them aware of all the resources that might be available that the families might need while the soldier is deployed? Uh, yes, sir. Yep, that's correct. So we have deployment cycle support. It's for all phases of the deployment. So we have before the family, before the soldier goes, there's um, training resources for the families. There's during deployment support. So again, just kind of preparing the families for uh, as their soldier returns, they've been gone a long time. So to prepare them for, you know, communication and, and how, how the pictures change since their soldier has been gone. And then as they come back, uh, they go through through different classes and resources together. The soldier and the family reunited together. Again, uh, more more resources on financial and communication and things like that to help them uh, come back together and figure out what the new life picture looks like. Now, is it is it uh, a little more interesting when they come back? I know that when the service members come back, they want to get home, they but do. there's there's yeah. certain training they have to go through. <laughs> Are they paying attention when you're trying to tell them about all these resources? It's the families, really, honestly, is is where we get more of the buy-in. So, yes, the soldiers are are very eager to be back and be home. Um, so the families, a lot of times. Uh, are where we we get the buy-in of they want the resources, they want to connect with the person that's been emailing and calling them through this whole deployment. So we're there. We've been reaching out to them this whole time, and it's been a voice over the phone or an email that they've received, and they finally get, you know, we get to shake their hands and and, and meet them. So it's very exciting. Now, do the, do the families understand what they've missed while the service member's gone and how they've learned to cope? day-to-day without them? And do the service members understand that you can't come back after a year and all of a sudden everything's going to be normal tomorrow morning? Uh, Yeah, that is a real struggle for sure. Yep. So that is what the different classes and trainings are for. So we have breakout sessions and they are geared towards specific topics. So a lot of times we can work with the commands and curtail um, if we know for sure they've been having, you know, obviously relational is always a thing and financials always a thing. So we can gear classes and presentations and and hands-on products and resources for them based on those needs. Now, Captain, you've both served. That must give you some kind of a leg up on understanding some of the issues that might come up because of deployments and because they're gone and because they're coming home. Uh, you must have some pretty good insight into that. Yeah, being in tune with the leadership and the demographics is is huge for the success of the program. Um, it's important that the OICs and whatnot are are reaching out to the commands and the SFRSs, my team, who are in touch with the families and identifying the needs that are being um, brought up so that we can identify those trends and gear our training towards that. How tough is it to convince the service members and their families that there's help available, all they have to do is ask? They're pretty proud. They don't really step up sometimes. It is tough sometimes, but just education and just making sure that we're a safe spot that they can come to and that making sure that they are aware of the resources and then given the contact info so that they don't necessarily need to, you know, let the world know that they're seeking out this resource, that they know they knew about it, they learned about it, they took their contact info and they can reach out to them at any time. It doesn't need to be at the event or in front of their command. And a resource such as the Minnesota Military Family Foundation, do they, are they aware that no one's going to know that they've applied for any help and no one's going to know if they got it. Yes, correct. My team is very good about ensuring that the they're educated on that and it isn't relayed between the commands and and the um when they file for the MMFF grant. It's between the MMFF board and 
and the soldier and the SFRS. Well, hopefully they can get comfortable with that. And if they need help, <clears throat> reach out and get it, take care of the problem, move on with their lives. Mm-hmm. Ladies, we have to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the Minnesota Yellow Ribbon Reintegration Program on Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. We've been talking about the Minnesota Yellow Ribbon Reintegration Programs, and we have Heather Bergeron from the Minnesota Family Programs. She's the director of the Minnesota Family Programs, and Captain Ellen Emdy, who's the lead of the Soldier and Ready Family uh, Soldier and Family Readiness. Sorry, Captain, that's a <laughs> mouthful for me. Captain, I, I want to come to you. Uh, the Beyond the Yellow Ribbon Program originated here in Minnesota, and it goes back quite a ways. Can you tell us about it? It does, yeah. It's over 10 years old, and we are the only state, really, that um, led the way on creating these yellow ribbon networks that um, we identified a need and a lack of resources across the state that um, that can provide that community support that you'd see on an active duty installation. So Minnesota identified that we're lacking the support, um, the community support, so they started the yellow ribbon um, networks community and company. And then the Yellow Ribbon Program, Reintegration Program, is a DOD-mandated program that's um, across the states um, that's required for every service member to attend all four phases of the reintegration event. Um, And it's a really good partnership between the BTYR, Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, and the Yellow Ribbon Reintegration Program that we can provide full-service circle of support for the families and the soldiers. So you work closely with Annette Kuyper. We do, yep. Mm-hmm. She couldn't be with us here today. She sent her apologies. She wanted to be in the studio with you too. Of course. But uh, that means she'd have taken away a lot of the a lot of the time we have available to talk. <laughs> now, I know that they had uh, they tried a few years back to spread the yellow ribbon programs around to other states, uh, and I think uh, General Best even went out to the NGB to work on that. But it really hasn't taken on as well as it's as it's taken on here in Minnesota. Minnesota is just so good at identifying um, needs and really implementing programs and uh, and organizations to provide a full circle of support. Um, other states are very, uh, they admire what we've done and they're kind of a few years behind sometimes and don't fully understand how we could even make this big of an initiative happen. So it's really impressive and our state's really well known um, for what we do and it's you know, truly admired across the country. Well, let's keep going and leave them in the dust. We'll keep taking care of our mm-hmm. Minnesota troops and their families. Absolutely. Heather, can you uh, give us an idea on the reintegration when our troops come back from deployments, when they when they get done with long call-ups in the state of Minnesota? What, are, what kind of a range of resources is available to help them and their families? Oh, we have a lot of fun with this. Anything and everything, really. So we can curtail the resources to the needs of the family, but the big ones, of course, are always financial. So we have uh, employment as well. So we get companies that come in and and they have tables at the events for the the soldiers and the families to find out more information about that. Uh, We offer books, books for the children, books for the families, books on relationships. Um, We have workbooks even. So it'll even be uh, like a financial books and then it'll have the workbook that goes with it. We have um, ESGR, so that's Employer Support for Guard and Reserve. Um, So if they're going back to like civilian positions and they're having trouble figuring out how to navigate that or reintegrate that, we have those resources as well. 
Um, just anything and everything, anything that the family needs, the children need, that the soldier needs um, to make this unification really successful, uh, we have it. And and as Ellen said, Minnesota is fantastic. The volunteers and the donations of, of time and resources that we get uh, for our service members is is fantastic, hands down. So you work with the uh, soldier, with the service members and the families before they go on a deployment. Yep. You work with the families while they're gone. Yep. And then you try to work with the service members and the families when they come home. So you're there kind of around for the whole deal. All the way through. Yep. Yes, sir. Yep. And even even when they're not in a deployment status, even when it's downtime for them, we, we are there. We have the resources. We are at the units and, and offering the same resources year-round deployment or not. But, yes, for sure, always, for, for sure, through the deployment, we are every step of the way there with them. The captain, when the when our soldiers come home, uh, I used to hear that there was a thirty, sixty, ninety, uh, three time program where you you hit them again about how you're doing, what do you need? Are we still doing that? It's the terminology's changed. So what Minnesota does is um, that's not required is we fly out for the demob. So we fly out for their demobilization at either Fort Bliss or Fort Hood, and we um, identify immediate need resources. So that could be considered your immediate touch point. And then we have our post one, which is within. Um, 30 to 90 days of their return. And then their post two, we try to aim it for it to be within the six months of their return. So the first event is more immediate need resources. And then the second one is more lifestyle study state resource, how to, pr- how to improve your employment, how to improve your li- relationships, uh, things of that nature. So part of it's after they've been home for 30, 60 days, just saying, How's it going? Mm-hmm. Are you getting along with the family like you did before you left? Exactly. You're past the newness of, oh, I'm back home. Everything's great. You know, now real life hits and it's like, oh, I got, I have this issue that I need to work on. And this came up that I wasn't, I hadn't identified right away. So it's a good opportunity for us to catch those. So they really have to learn how to live together again. Exactly. <laughs> and, and undo the things they figured out when the service exactly, member was which gone. Which can be challenging. Is there any quick patterns, the things that come up more often than others? You know, just a Reidentifying roles and responsibilities. You know, there's one person that's been managing the whole household bills, children, decision making, all of that, while the one, the soldier has been deployed. So just, you know, navigating how that's going to look and what that looks like for the for the relationship as things have changed. So it's really true, true when we say that the service member sacrifices when they go on deployment, but the families do as well. Oh, absolutely. The families serve right alongside the, the service member always. Thank you. And Heather, uh, Working, working. Our our listeners and uh, our service members find more information about what's available. How do they find you? Uh, for sure, yeah. The easiest way to find us right now is actually on Facebook. So we have two Facebook pages. One is just for the Soldier and Family Readiness Team, and then we we have a, a Family Programs Facebook page. So if you're on Facebook, it's MN for Minnesota, NG for National Guard, and then SFRS, and that stands for Soldier Family Readiness Specialist. So that's the easiest way to find us on Facebook. And then similarly, MN for Minnesota, and then National Guard Family Programs. MN, National Guard Family Programs. Yep. That one I think I can remember, but the service members will remember the first one. They're familiar with these acronyms. Yes. Captain, I want to thank you for taking time out to come see us today. Heather, good to see you, and keep up the good work taking care of our uh, Minnesota military families. Thank you for having us. For sure. Thank you. That was uh, Heather Bergeron, Minnesota Family Programs Director, and Captain Ellen M.D., Lead Soldier uh, Family Readiness from the Minnesota National Guard. 
on Minnesota Military Radio. Joining me now is Marty Howes, who is the Roseau County Veteran Service Officer and the President of the Minnesota Association of County Veteran Service Officers. Marty, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. Thank you, Tom. It's a pleasure to be here. Marty, it's, uh, this week has uh, been an upsetting week for everybody. Uh, I think everybody knows that uh, Russia is uh, doing some bad things over to Ukraine, and it's affecting the rest of the world. And uh, I understand you're out in Washington, D.C. as a state delegate for the Minnesota uh, Association of County Veteran Service Officers at the convention for the National Association of County Veteran Service Officers. How are things in D.C.? You know, D.C. has changed uh, overnight. It, the security that is here has almost doubled. There is There are law enforcement on just about every corner up here. Um, things have been tightened down quite a bit, and of which they were already tight because of COVID and, and those other things. So uh, uh, it's, it's quite amazing to see how fast things change here in just minutes or, you know, hours. Well, Marty, be careful out there. What we usually talk about when I talk to you about the Minnesota Association of County Veteran Service Officers is all the training and all the resources and all the things that you make sure all your county veteran uh, service officers are aware of so they can help our veterans. But you're out in D.C. this week uh, at the National Association doing some lobbying to try to help our veterans even more. Yep, yep, we are. The National Association of County Veteran Service Officers um, is, you know, just a branch off of the, we've got our state association, and I think there's 30 other, 33 other states in, in our country that have uh, these state associations, and, and we're here and we're, uh, we're encouraging our legislators to support veterans and to uh, create awareness. So are you and your fellow delegates out there making the rounds of the congressional offices? You know what? They're still seeing us. We've we've made our appointments. We made them in advance, and uh, with everything that's going on, um, they're still they're they're bending an ear for us. And you know you you gotta you gotta tip your hat to that because uh, with everything else going on, you know. Well, Marty, I think they've got to have in mind that we've got a lot of troops on alert, you know, both both in Europe and here in in the United States, and uh, we got people standing by. We hope we don't have to send them into and uh, the kind of thing that's going on uh, with Russia and uh, Ukraine. Uh, but uh, I would think a day like this would uh, uh, make our congressional delegates uh, uh, sit up and, and take note uh, that uh, we are the greatest nation in the world because of our military protects our freedoms. Yep, you're exactly right, and, and they are. And there's, without forgetting the fact that these men and women that they sent off to war at an enormous cost of what war costs, they also understand the fact that when they're done serving, we need to take care of them, and that's the message that we're getting across today. And it's and it's going good. It's it's pretty amazing. So, Marty, wasn't that the promise that uh, they made to us when we raised our hands and and uh, swore to serve our country? It certainly is. It certainly is. And uh, we've got some real easy bills here that are, uh, um, you know there to, to look out for our veterans, uh, one of which is uh, when you enroll into the VA health care system for health care, you're not technically enrolled in health care until you actually go see that primary doctor. That window of time in between there, if something happens, you got nothing. 
So there's a bill that's out there now. It's H.R. 6647, and it's there to protect the veteran for that 60-day window to say, hey, you know what? We understand that scheduling's an issue here. We're going to look out for you, and we're going to give you these 60 days. We're going to be able, and we're going to cover you. We're going to take care of you. So that's one of the, you know, a real easy one, nothing that's that hard, and something that's really going to, that can make a good positive difference uh, to our veterans here. Certainly seems reasonable to give the veteran uh, enough time to get into the doctor and, and, and talk about a problem that they might have. Marty, uh, I'm going to wish you well out in Washington, D.C. Be careful out there and and uh, hope these things resolve soon. Yeah, yes, I, I certainly hope so, too. Uh, we all uh, have to have our thoughts and our prayers and our heads in a good place, and uh, we'll get there. Thank you, sir. That was Marty Howes, the Roseville County Veteran Service Officer and the President of the Minnesota Association of County Veteran Service Officers from Washington, D.C. We have one message today. The uh, Osseo Maple Grove American Legion is going to have a homeless veteran steak fry Friday, March 11th from 5 to 8 p.m. Steak, fish, or shrimp dinner for $12. Steak and shrimp dinner for 14 Includes baked potato, coleslaw, and, and toast. And they're asking... For donations of new and packaged white T-shirts, underwear, and socks for our male and female veterans to benefit the homeless. Once again, that's the Osseo Maple Grove American Legion, Friday, March 11th, from 5 to 8 p.m. We're just about out of time. Thanks for listening to this edition of Minnesota Military Radio. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us this week. Devin Rowan for the Minneapolis VA, Heather Bergeron, and Captain Ellen M.D., uh, from the Beyond the Yellow Ribbon Reintegration Programs, Marty Howes uh, from the County Veteran Service Officers, and Commissioner Larry Herkey, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and finally Minnesota's Adjutant General, Major General Sean Mankey. Please join us next week as we have a special show with the soldiers of the 1 of the 194 Armor Battalion who recently returned from a deployment to the Middle East. That's coming up next weekend on this station or online anytime at minnesotamilitaryradio.com. I'm Tom Lyons, and I hope that you make a difference in someone's life this week. Minnesota Military Radio is a production of iHeartMedia, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, the Minneapolis VA, Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, and the Minnesota National Guard. Your host is Tom Lyons, founder and owner of Phelan Partners Limited, a merger and acquisition advisory firm. Tom is a life member of the American Legion, VFW, Vietnam Veterans of America, and the DAV. For podcasts and the latest updates, follow us at Minnesota Military. Radio.com.